acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was good. But be careful. Because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really needs your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, Scott. Hey, Ben. Uh, hey, real quick before we get started, um, will you do your Mr. Mackey impression? <laughs> really? I mean, you know. Cars are good and good. <laughs> just that? Just like that? That was awesome. Yeah, okay. I feel like that's a good that's a good start. Hey, oh. everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we caught a little bit of the uh, the groundbreaking research that we do on this show before before we, we start bringing yeah, you... lots of important topics going on here before the podcast, yeah. Lots of important topics. You know, and I'll admit it, man, you're just, you're better with impressions on that uh, on that scale than I am. Um, but today, we're here to talk about, once again, uh, concept cars, but not just every concept car. We've done some pretty interesting podcasts on those. Yeah, that's right. This is a, uh, a much more specific case and one that's... Uh, it's well, it's world famous, really, mm-hmm. and super cool. Yeah, really cool. This is uh, this this is one that's uh, it's for the history books, and uh, a lot of people will. I think you'll be excited when you see it. Really, if oh, you haven't yeah. if you haven't checked it out already, definitely. And so, I guess we'll kick off with the first question, Scott. What are we talking about? <laughs> the uh, the Mako Shark concept car from General Motors, and it was uh, it was developed or built in 1961. And it was called Project XP755. That was uh, the code name that you know went underneath mm-hmm. um, when it was being designed. And basically, this is the design or the concept that eventually became the 1963 Corvette, which is you know monumental Corvette, a beautiful Corvette, really. Yeah, you may um, have heard of it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, yeah, yeah. Ec- excellent design. I, I I feel anyways. But mm-hmm. um, the car was designed by Larry Shinoda. I think it's Shinoda or Shinoda. Shinoda, I'm going to say Shinoda, under the direction of Bill Mitchell, who was at the time head of GM Design. Uh, this is back in the 60s. Now, Bill Mitchell had been around for a while. He'd been there since, I I thought, um, 1935, I think it wow. was. So he'd been there a long time. And in yeah. fact, his career went all the way until 1977 when he retired. So he had like a 42-year career there. Um, so long time you know, GM employee, um, again, head of design, started out in Cadillac, went to... Um, 
well, what they called, I think they called it Art and Color at the time. Yeah, the Art and Color Group, which or division, hmm. which was then called GM Design later. Oh, okay. But um, anyways, this Bill Mitchell, he's, you probably have heard his name. or Yeah, he's a legend. I, <laughs> uh, are, are you kidding with me? No, you, no. I know it's have? hard to tell sometimes, but, <clears throat> excuse me, even for someone like me who doesn't know uh, that much about the vehicle industry, yeah. uh, his he's got his name attached to a lot of innovations in car design. And one, actually this is sort of cheating, but you told me about this one. Tail fins, right? Uh, yeah, I believe tail fins were, were his. Yeah. So um, he's got other vehicles that, that are associated with him as well. But um, do, you, do you know any other innovations or am I, am I stumping uh, here? Oh, man. I That's might okay. be a little stumped. Yeah. You know, I was impressed that you knew Bill Mitchell. That's good. Uh, yeah, good we've got, you. well, uh, you know, there's, I think there might be another another podcast. Uh, the Stuff of Genius thing might have, might have something on Bill. You know, we always take a second to uh, to plug our friends. Right? Fantastic, that was good. Good. All right. Anyway, some of the other uh, no, that was good. Really, um, some of the other notable designs that, uh-huh. that Bill Mitchell was involved in, and these are cars that I'm sure you've heard of: the Buick Riviera, the, oh, Cam- wow. the Camaro from Chevrolet, uh, the Firebird also from Pontiac, and the Cadillac Seville, and of course the Corvette. Now he wasn't he didn't necessarily, you know, father the Corvette. That was Harley Earl. Uh, who you, I'm sure you've probably heard of Harley Earl, or maybe not, I don't know. Um, but he's known as the father of the Corvette, and he was the head of design that um, Bill Mitchell eventually took over for back in the, what was it, late 30s, I guess. Wow. I'm sorry, no, I'm, I'm wrong. It was a little later than that. But um, okay. anyways, he worked he worked underneath Harley Earl for a while and then eventually took over that position. Mm-hmm. And, and Shenouda, when he came in, how did he... Uh well, he's, he, how's he playing to it? He's, yeah, how did he play in with the makeup? He's a, he's a designer. Okay. He's the one who designed the car underneath Bill Mitchell. Mm-hmm. So Bill Mitchell was given uh, direction you know, for, okay. for this design. This is what he wanted. And this is where, it, it, well, if it wasn't interesting at this point, Ben, it will be now. Because it really, the, the design, it's called the Mako Shark, and it mm-hmm. truly does come from, uh, from nature. It comes from a Mako Shark that Bill Mitchell caught while he was deep sea fishing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's this kind of legend that's floating around that this happened, and I guess it really did because you'll see as we go on that um, a lot of his designs are uh, reminiscent of, of things that you'll find, you know, aquatic animals, water animals, um, mm. particularly deep-sea animals like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, rays and stingrays and manta rays, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But <laughs> anyways, this mako shark, he apparently caught one while he was deep-sea fishing and just was blown away by how beautiful the shark was because of the you know the coloring on it and just mm. the shape of the of the uh, the fish so i guess in his design studio he actually had one of these mounted and placed it on the wall in the design studio and you know this again this is all legend and hearsay i guess you know you know passed right, down now right. but um he had it mounted and placed on the wall and told his designers that that's what he wanted the corvette uh, to look like you know the the coloring the shape of the car, everything. He wanted it to mimic that that shark. That's pretty difficult, right? Yeah, what a crazy day at the office that yeah, is, right? It, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, when you're just sitting there looking from the wall to Mr. Mitchell to the wall, and he's basically saying, make something like that but a car. Yeah, make 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 your next <laughs> car look like a shark. So they, they did it, and they did it very effectively, I think. Uh, mm. if, you, if you see the Mako Shark show car, they did it effectively. The, the problem was it, with the paint. Now, Mako Shark is uh, like a blue-gray on top, and it, and it transitions down into a, uh, like a white, almost a silvery mm-hmm. white. Mm-hmm. And he wanted that to match, you know, exactly 
that 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 color in nature. So this was really difficult to do at the time. Um, it was tough to get the, the the color to match exactly right and the way, the way it looked. So you know they've got the body design, everything's all taken care of. You know they got this long front you know nose on it that looks like a shark's nose. Mm-hmm. The car has gills on it. That's where you've probably seen a lot of older Corvettes that have these gills slits in the side. It looks like oh uh, yeah yeah exactly yeah. like shark gills. And uh, that's where that originated. Is that's from that. on purpose. That's on purpose, and that's from this design, uh, this concept. And so they're, they're trying to get the coloring right, and apparently it took two or three, maybe even more times, uh, to get this this paint job right. So you can imagine the frustration that's going through these guys, Just right? Just keep taking it back, so, paint it again. Yeah, exactly. Again and again, again. and again, you know, sand it, paint it, et cetera. Jeez. So they get frustrated with this, and, and again, legend here, that uh, one night they kidnapped the fish painted it the way, you know, so that it would exactly match the car and then put it back on the wall. And then, you know, they said that Mitchell didn't notice a difference and, uh, you know, thought, well, look, they've done it perfectly this time. And, uh, you know, everything was fine after that point. That's crazy. Do you think that's true? I, you know what? I actually kind of believe it. I've, I've heard some crazy stories from uh, the design group uh, yeah. from that era. I had an uncle who worked for General Motors and he told me some pretty crazy things that happened there. It was a fun place to work. I mean, yeah. you know, they got a lot of work done and it was... Uh, uh, very effective. You know, it was a good good place to work, but uh, there were some pretty funny things happening there, too. And, and you know, what can you expect when you work with a bunch of people who are paid to think outside of the box? Yeah, that's right. So that seem, that does seem like a pretty intelligent solution. Yeah, it does. It seems, it seems pretty logical. I mean, after you've painted a car, a show car, three or four times yeah. in a row, that's probably what you would do. It seems logical to me. Yeah. So anyways, there's this, this wild show car, right? It looks yeah. really cool, really forward thinking i mean it's got a uh, glass bubble top it's got a periscope uh rear view mirror um and i think it had knockoff wheels um uh see i'm trying to think of some of the other things that it had but it was just, it was just really unique design it had that long front end it looked like a shark didn't the hood open up uh am i thinking about the right you may one? be thinking of the next one we're okay. gonna get we're gonna get to that okay. but um, i'm jumping the gun you are but i'm jumping the shark <laughs> you have jumped the shark but <laughs> Some people say you jumped the shark early, much earlier than this. But. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding with you. Anyways, so anyways, this thing, yeah. it, you probably agree the Mako shark looks like a shark. It really does. And it it, look, yeah, it does. It looks like an aquatic animal. Well, when it came time to redesign this thing, you know, when it came time for the next design, mm-hmm. um, oh, by the way, it was a big hit. So when it came time to redesign this, they wanted to do something similar. Of course, still under Bill Mitchell, he wanted to design the Mako shark too which makes sense, but this is a dramatically different body. Um, this is what became, eventually became uh, the 1968 to 19, I think it says 1982 Corvette design. Oh, yeah. And this is probably the one that you're, well, you've probably seen this one, of course. Mm-hmm. It's the, uh, the the real wide front end and real wide back end, and it gets narrow in the center. Yes. Some yes. people call it a Coke bottle design. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it's interesting design. It's really cool. I like that. I like that body style. Um, Stingray is what that one is called. So in 1965, we get this this Mako Shark II car, which is it's called the Project XP830. So you can search for that, and you'll find it as well. And it has almost an identical paint job, which you know we know is so difficult <laughs> to achieve. And uh, you know, again, this is this is one of those cars that you know it. A lot of this made it into production. A lot of it didn't. It had a lot of, again, real forward thinking technology on it that. Um, People were surprised by some of the things that they this this vehicle had. It had moving body panels, like um, it had it had a bumper at the back that could extend to protect the bodywork when you're parked. Oh um, wow! Yeah, it had it had, now it did have real limited rear view uh, rear uh-huh. vision. 
Yeah. Um, but um, the interior was pretty unique. A lot of the gauges were on the passenger side of the vehicle, facing the driver. Um, it just really That's wild. Yeah, it had movable pedals that, that moved on one mm-hmm. um, one big platform. I guess they they would move to accommodate different sized drivers. Um, just really unique car, and there were two versions of this actually. The first version was a vehicle that it cost. I, I believe it said it cost three million dollars to create. That's U.S. U.S. dollars, three million dollars, and it was a non-running full-size model of this car that uh, that never ran. And it, it debuted at the New York International Auto Show in 1965. Three million dollars. Three million dollars. Nineteen sixty-five. In nineteen sixty-five. So this is uh, this is no cheap car, and this is not a running vehicle. Even this doesn't even have an wow. engine or drivetrain or anything with it. Um, that gives you an idea of how expensive concept cars are to make. So you can imagine if you translate that to now, what concept cars cost. Man, they're really expensive. Um, now, a running model of that car was debuted later that year in October of october of 1965 and that came out at the paris auto show in france of course Mm -hmm. and uh that one had a it was fully drivable and it had a 427 cubic inch engine which was you know the the big block at the time it was uh it was a big engine good you know everybody loved this one and uh they got just a ton of offer you know orders to buy this thing they wanted they wanted this car immensely popular car again and of course you know that that design then was uh uh, translated into a production car, mm-hmm. and that's the the, uh, the 1968 through 1982 Corvette that we saw. Uh, the C3 is what I think they called it. Then. They should have still called it the Shark, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, no offense to well, Stingray's you know, still in there. That's close. Stingray's good. Stingray's yeah. good. We were remember we were talking about before the podcast <laughs> how difficult it is to just sit and think of a car name. Oh yeah, it's really tough because you know it, either it has multiple meanings, sure, or it just doesn't sound like a car it's I mean, weird yeah, yeah it's like uh in brazil didn't they you you remember that story uh the nova came out and oh okay the nova came out in brazil and it did a, a terrible job the sales numbers were were horrendous mm-hmm. and that's because in portuguese nova means it doesn't go yeah, so that's, a, that's bad news. Yeah, but you know the shark. I, I only bring <laughs> this up because the Mako Shark is it, such a cool name. It is a cool name, and I, I don't think that can be translated into anything except Mako Shark. I, I don't know. No, I think you. Would, <laughs> I think you would just. Hopefully, there's not a language where Mako Shark is actually a curse phrase. Or yeah, something. I, would, I hope not, because we've used it several times today. Yeah, we're not going to be popular in that country, <laughs> Scott, or we'll be really popular. <laughs> well, how about Manta Ray? Manta Ray is awesome. That sounds like a supervillain. Well, in 1969, the Mako Shark 2 was uh, was rebodied and renamed the Manta Ray. And uh, that was, again, under Bill Mitchell. So you can see this this trend. He had this uh, real you know, underwater theme going yeah. on, and it worked for him. It really did because this vehicle, for whatever reason, it, it just became um, his thing. I mean, it was just kind of mm-hmm. everybody. It's like his signature thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I guess he, he enjoyed driving these cars as well so he would use these show cars to get back and forth to work and uh you know they're yeah. personal favorites of his wow yeah, what, so what's different with the uh, manta ray manta ray it was just rebodied it was just um um I, I, tr- I could try to describe it the back end was considerably different the best okay. way to do this is to look it up and and mm-hmm. and look look at them side by side and there's several sites you can go to that will um, just do a simple search for you know um mako shark 2 Manta Ray, you'll find these side-by-side comparisons, and you'll see the difference mm-hmm. uh, in the vehicle. But most of all, take a look at you know just the whole group of cars: the Mako Shark, which was 
not called Mako Shark 1 until after the Mako Shark 2 came out. <laughs> right. So it was just the Mako Shark. Uh, but if you search for all three of these vehicles, you find some great photos, and, and it'll give you an idea of the, uh, the, um, the this excellent paint job that they have. It's really cool. Yeah, that I, and you know what? While we're uh, while we're on the subject course, I I have to ask: Have you ever owned a Corvette or owned a Stingray? I have not. But I I desperately wanted one when I was in high school. Oh I really man! Did. I had friends that had them. I had three friends that had Corvettes. Ranging one had one from the '60s. I think it was like a '66. Jeez. And another one that had one that was an '82, and another one that was in '79, I believe. And uh, I wanted one so bad, but they were just they were they were far beyond my my budget at the time, and probably still <laughs> man yeah and how about well, you any any corvette uh corvette dreams or cor- corvette summer for ben <laughs> corvette summer then the the corvette dream yes it's for corvette summer man i probably i you know i hate to say it because it's such an awesome looking car um i i probably would have wrecked it just <laughs> just from trying to drive it i don't know. think you would have i think you would have been so careful in it to begin with that you would have been fine Oh, you flatter what, me. What was your uh, what, what, just what era would you have liked? I mean, are we talking oh. like are we talking the first one in the fifties? Are we talking in the sixties, seventies? Oh, uh, definitely, probably the the let's see, Mako two. Oh, <laughs> you were talking the uh, oh the uh, that design that body yeah design. that specific. Oh, to I that. thought you were talking the show car, the three million dollar show car. Oh, oh, uh, the one that doesn't go, <laughs> the <laughs> Nova. No, the other one, I guess. Yeah, the other no. three million dollar. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I probably. I don't know, so man. late 60s, almost, 70s. You know what, though? Now that I think about it, probably I would go for late late 70s just because now if we're driving it, mm-hmm. it'd be a little bit easier to work with and get parts. And, huh. Understood. Yeah. Understood. I also like the new one, the uh, the ZR1, of course. Beautiful I, car. Man, well, is that uh, is that on your plan? Is that is that an official? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That's uh, that's still beyond reach. Um, that's well, like hey, equivalent hey. to buying a house or something. Well, you know, you could also just put it down <laughs> on a Christmas list. Small house, but, you know, it's a house. Anyways. Small house. Yeah. Well, hey, man, well, do we have – oh, I'm sorry. I, I, sorry. No, yeah. I didn't mean to jump on you, but I've got one more thing to, to mention here is we get, I guess the wrap-up of where these things ended up. Oh, yeah. Because, where are they now? Because I, I found this interesting. I tried to find out where they, where they headed, and I, found, I finally found one place that told me where they, where they had gone. And apparently when, when the, it's, when the Manta Ray was, was finally done with, you know, the show circuit and, you know mm-hmm. – Bill had been driving it to and from work. I guess he took he just now they gave, I don't, I'm assuming I'm assuming that uh, GM gave it to him, but he took it home, parked uh-huh. it in the garage right next to the Mako One. So he had the uh, the original Mako already. Uh, that was his car. So um, I don't know how things worked back then, but I guess I don't know if he bought it from GM. You know, it may have been one of those you know purchased it for a low dollar amount, or sure. maybe they just gave it to him because it was his baby. Um, but he had the Mako One. He also had what was the Mako 2, which then became the Manta Ray, mm-hmm. parked side by side in his garage. And, of course, that, you know, lasted until, you know, he passed away. Yeah. And now those vehicles are part of uh, what's known as the GM Heritage Center collection. And the GM Heritage Center is in Michigan, not open to the public, but it's got this unbelievable collection of GM vehicles. Like I said, they have something like 800 vehicles that are in rotation. They can only display 200 at a time. Uh-huh. It's not really a museum. It, it kind of is. It's more of a warehouse, but it's it's. I've seen it. I've seen a video of this place. It's, it's really cool looking. They're all spaced out and you know appropriately. You can you can look at them as if it was a museum, but there's no ropes or anything. Wow. Um, again, it's not open to the public. Right. 
Um, it's open occasionally to employees and their families, and that's it. Um, so interesting place, but you know, not everybody's going to get a chance to see them. But you can look online and find some short videos mm-hmm. of uh, the GM. What's it called? The GM Heritage Center Collection. So I encourage you to look it up because there's some there's beautiful pieces of uh, pieces of artwork. Really, these yeah. cars, and uh, it's really the whole history of GM from beginning to end, or beginning to now, I should say. That, yeah, because it's not uh, the story's not over. No, not not by that, any means. There's there's a lot more going on there. That's uh, you know what? That's awesome. But I have gotta admit, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous sometimes about your insider status. Did you <laughs> did you actually go in there? Or you just seen it? You just I have seen not video? gone in there. I wish I had been in there. Now that I've seen it, because mm-hmm. it's it's beautiful. It really is. I mean, it's it's almost shocking to see the the, uh, the just the sheer volume of cars that they have and the and the uh, the variety because the the they're just. They're perfect cars. They're beautiful. They're, they're museum quality cars, mm-hmm. and they're just such a mix. Or they may have you know groupings of cars that are that are somehow related. But to to know that you know the the collection that you're seeing is only 200, and they've got 800 available that mm-hmm. they kind of rotate in and out of that place. That's impressive. Yeah. Oh man, you know what? I almost forgot something too. What's that? Uh, we didn't say the reason we're talking about the Mako Shark. Right? No, that's right. Yeah, there's a, there's a very good reason for this. It was inspired by um, Discovery Shark Week, which is, uh, I think it's the first week in August between, let's see, it's August 2nd through August 8th. Every year. That's right. And uh, there's some awesome fan sites that you can go to uh, if you want to check out, you know, Shark Week a little early or if you want to do it during the week, whatever. Mm. Um, I always get pretty jazzed up by Shark Week. I love it. I've watched Dude, it for probably 25 years. Sharks are, I mean... Oh, it's, no, not 25. 20 years. <laughs> 20 years. I've watched it. Sharks are pretty awesome, man. Yeah. In, in, in real life or up close there, I think they're bio, the biological processes of these animals are amazing. You know, they have, they have a sixth sense. Do you get do you get excited by it uh, like I do? Because I mean, yeah. every week I'm I'm anticipating Shark Week coming. Seriously, since I've been in high school, and this is like mm-hmm. 20 years ago, I can remember parking myself in front of the television every night to watch whatever feature they had. It was much smaller back then, um, <laughs> but but now I mean it's over the top and it's it's yeah. awesome. It's, it's really super cool. interesting. It is, and if you want to go to these fan sites, there's one that you can get to from the Discovery homepage, mm-hmm. and if you it's real simple. Select TV shows from one of the uh, the drop downs on the left hand side. And you can select Shark Week, and there's some good stuff there. There's another one that's called Frenzied Waters, and that's another fan site, and this one's mm-hmm. awesome too. Um, and that's just you know www.frenziedwaters.com. Mm-hmm. And again, these things are really cool. You, you'll get hooked, I, I promise you. There's a lot of good information there, so check no it out. No pun intended. Yes. Yeah, oh, oh, I didn't even think of that. Man, get hooked. Yeah, yeah. pun busted, yeah. my friend. Okay. Oh, but but yes, anything people want to know about sharks at, at all. This is the week. I know, to, and to check in. we're talking about sharks and cars, Ben. How cool is that? Yeah, how did we – we pulled that one off, huh? Yeah, yeah, it worked and, out well. And so I guess we should probably, since we, – maybe we should congratulate ourselves with a quick with a quick thank you for um, a listener mail thing. You want to do that? I'd love to. Okay, so listener mail. We'll, I'll, I'll just grab this one real quick. You know, I know usually this is this is your part, Scott. Um, <laughs> so we won't we won't do we won't take up too much time. But remember earlier we did the the mentioned the GTO, and um, then in a later episode we also mentioned uh, when it was made, and um, we've got some listeners who wrote in, and we just we just wanted to go ahead and give them a quick shout out on the, on the air here. So. Uh, Thanks, thanks to Will from Texas. Thanks to Earl from Washington. Thanks to Jim from Atlanta. And thanks to uh, T- 
Thomas E. Uh, I'm not clear exactly where Thomas is from, but uh, all of these guys and maybe a couple more people, apologize if we missed you there, uh, also told us about the GTO. So wanted to make sure that you guys knew uh, your response is very much appreciated. That's right. That was the date that I, uh, I mistakenly neglected to uh, to add to that, that podcast or my notes to that podcast anyway so i appreciate it that was that was good thank you okay scott one day we might be riding in one of those cars and so i need you to make a deal with me you don't have to say yes now but i want you to think about it uh one day on your lunch break i might come by and say come to the parking deck and you might find one of those cars and then we're just going to take off. That would be excellent. We could spend the full day out just cruising around in a Corvette. That'd be great. Who knows where we would go. I, so, I love Corvettes, so this would be a fantastic day. Yeah, and for our uh, listeners out there, you guys, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, if you want to learn more about Corvettes, automobiles, anything basically that goes fast, then uh, please do send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello! acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor. Gene was wooden. But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.